With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning and welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday podcast. It is Monday and... I'm hoping this becomes a regular spot because my guest today brings all the value with insight, humor, and just all around good people. Them, our guy Greg. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good morning. I'm fantastic. How are you? I am good. Now, I want to talk about Caitlyn Jenner to kind of start us off. Caitlyn Jenner has made it her priority to side with Republican governors and Republican lawmakers and just in general Republicans saying how they want to ban trans athletes in participating in boys in other sports like not other sports but sports and like certain sports like they are sticking to this bigoted narrative. Now I draw this parallel between Caitlin and say Terrence Williams Diamond Silk where both members of marginalized communities but tend to want to ingratiate themselves to bigots how how does the lgbtq plus community see caitlin jenner or how should they see her um well i mean <laughs> she's trash let's <laughs> let's let's open with that um like that that's a garbage human being um but what's what I think a lot of people fail to realize about Caitlyn Jenner and is that, you know, she will always be a white woman first before she is a member of a marginalized community. She's a white woman. So she carries white privilege. And the fact that, She's using that to further marginalize other people in her community is a problem. Like she, she received the, um, the Arthur Ashe award at the ESPYs several years ago. And in her speech, she specifically said, you know, I want to shout out the trans children who are playing sports as their identified gender. And it's like, so, so what changed Caitlin? You know, she's, she's done a lot of this like flip flopping on trans issues. And that turned, it's turned a lot of people off. So, you know, this is, this behavior is really nothing new for her. 
Now, do you find or when you encounter someone in the LGBTQ plus community who has that, I guess from my viewpoint, it'd be like a Terrence Williams, like self-hating. What do you think that's coming from trying to bond with bigots and trying to, is more of a status thing? Or do you think they truly believe that hating who they are and their community themselves is going to make them rich or make them successful or clout? Oh, I mean, it's, it's absolutely cloud chasing, you know, it's, you know, in, in some form or fashion, like, you know, we're all, we're all cloud chasers. Um, but it becomes a problem when you start selling out your own people. Now, if we turn to, you know, people who are selling out for price, you tweeted a photo, uh, actually a side-by-side -side of Ryan Knight complete with a red beret and Jason Schwartzman. I couldn't. I had to put the coffee down because I just, I'm tired <laughs> of reading your shirts by laughing at shit you post. Now, Ryan Knight is an intriguing individual. It's just the fact that he literally has fooled thousands of people into giving him money. How does one get that level of not caring about fellow humans in order to enrich themselves? You know, I, he's, he's, I don't even have a word for him. Like, you know, when I first like stumbled into political Twitter, um, I, I followed him as most people did. Um, you know, because he was, he was a blue dog down, you know, and then he jumped onto the do something Nancy train. And that's when I had to take a step back and go, that ain't it, bro. Like, you know, to, to, for him to claim to be a, and there's, you know, there's a lot of this on social media, people who, you know, tout themselves as political commentators, but you don't know how the government works. Like, there's, there's a lot of people who would fail civics 101 in, you know, political social media. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but if you're just going to be loud and wrong all the time, like have a seat. Google is free and it's right there. I look at it and I look at these people who are donating to him and like, it's always Rose Twitter. Like these folks can barely collect a rational thought. They don't watch their legs, ass or underarms, but, they yet seemingly throw this man in Brianna Joy Gray money. And if they have that much disposable income, you would think that they would contribute more to political action committees and maybe get some of, this, some of their candidates elected on national stages instead of district elections or maybe the odd burner election. And when we come back from break, I want to discuss – somebody's black friend and how that translates into multiple communities. 
You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FPC Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs and our guy Greg. Greg, there was a article or a you know, something written about or by a good friend of Prince Harry, Gareth Thomas, says, quote, what's more, he still finds time to pick up a phone or text for the last year and a half since I made my announcement about living with HIV. He's been there every step of the way supporting me as a friend. Now, if we separate this from, how do I put it, from the bigotry that the royal family has showed if this was just like just a act of a friend to a friend cool but why does it feel as though by saying this Mr. Thomas is kind of trying to rehab the image of honestly these bigoted inbreds well I feel like um, you know because after the Megan and Harry Oprah interview, you know, the, the Royal PR went into overdrive. You know, there was the article about Prince William's black friend, you know, and then more recently there was, um, I think this was even as recently as yesterday. Um, there was the article about princess Charlotte, you know, being a better spare heir than Prince Harry. Um, and I think uh, the Gareth Thomas quote is kind of in defense of Prince Harry, um, especially because it harkens back to um, when his mother, Princess Diana, very famously held hands with an AIDS patient, you know, and it's kind of that reminder that, you know, despite what the UK media may say, you know, Harry's a good man, you know, and no matter how the media is portraying him or, you know, his son or Meghan Markle, his wife, you know, these are good people. It it kind of goes into the you know the kind of the spin about 
family, and I'm mean, sure that you probably have family. You're like, oh, I'm related to this person. Mm. This DNA is a hell of a thing. Do you find that <laughs> just in your everyday life, do you find that people that you are you are related to bring kind of a sense of embarrassment considering that they act in the ass and you know that you're directly related to this person? Or do you put enough distance between you and them where you're like, eh, they're over there. I'm over here doing my own thing. Oh, no. Before any family function, I'm the one that's on the phone saying, who all's over there? Oh, cousin so-and-so's there? No, nah, count me out, bro. I'm out. Nope. Because I, I will be the one to cause a scene and have to, like, be asked to leave. Because I just, you know, even if you're related to me, I'm not going to let you say any old shit. Like, that's, that's not how I do. I've been asked to leave family functions because I've been that person to maybe tell my direct sibling, hey, when you got something to say, maybe we need to step up front and kind of see what, say what we need to do about it because of an asshole comment about it's the little comments. It's the little slide, slide comment that people try to sneak in about. In this case, it was one of our cousins is gay. We've known for years. He has been out for years. Men is family, and we love him for it. We love him because of him, not because of just him. He's been, and one of my brothers had something smart to say, like kind of like, like a sneak diss. And I was 18 years old, and I'm like, nah, bro, you, you need to leave him alone. And he's like, why? What do you want to do? We go out front. We went out front. He regretted going out front. <laughs> and I went back, and I had my ribs, and I sat there, and I was asked to leave. So my father and I left. And what, and what was wild was it was my brother's house. So, so theoretically, he caught the blues in front of his old house, just saying. And I mean, yeah, for me. I mean, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that I can't tolerate. Where even with friends, like no, they're just shit you don't say, and there's things you don't do. It just it leads into the thought of well, if you have Republican family members, or if you have bigoted family members, you know, you should just love them anyway and just overlook that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope, absolutely not. Nope, can't. Because see, my my thought process on that is like you know, if you oh well I you know their family I have to love them they're gonna think that that kind of behavior is okay, and that ain't it. Exactly. Like I have two biracial children, and I'm like, look, y'all can sit there and say any slick shit about other biracial kids, but these are my kids, and I mean even before I had them, no chances, no. Just no, it's it's not where it is as far as the little bigotry and the little snide ass comments that people want to sit there and kind of unleash. Now, I want to talk about mental health and like the stigma in the black community. There is a severe stigma about mental health where, for lack of a better term, growing up, we all had that quote unquote crazy aunt or uncle that we either sit in a room during family functions or sit on the other side and we just kind of kind of ignored them. 
years later come to find out some of these family members were struggling with mental illness and some would medicate with substances or just some would just kind of just kind of go off on their own in modern times what do you think is the biggest advancement in as far as destigmatizing mental health i i feel like you know for the biggest way to destigmatize it is is going to be you know we have to start openly talking about it you know we're we're a society of you know don't let them see you sweat or you know it has to be okay for you to tell people you know what i'm having a not great mental health day like you know just let me figure this out for a minute and you know we'll go from there instead of you know oh it's fine and masking it until it until you get to a breaking point because you've compartmentalized it so much you know and that's when we get into like these people who you know have masked it and have hidden it you know because they don't want to be a problem to the people around them you know that they end up in a mental health crisis and it escalates to something you know probably disastrous you know be it you know death or you know as has been the case in you know recent years that someone has called the police because somebody is having a mental health crisis and that person ends up dead like we have to feel comfortable with you know our friends and our family to be able to say you know what this is not a good mental health day for me and you know the people around you the people you surround yourself with have to meet you halfway on that and go and not just go, oh, well, maybe you need to take a nap. Maybe you need to take, take a walk. You know, we need to start asking when people are having not great mental health days, you know, what can I do? How can I help? What do you need? You know, so it's, it's a 50, 50 thing. For me, <laughs> you know, it's, along the same lines where where I grew up and like I said in the community it was more of like you gotta be strong and from like moment one of first talking to with parents, family, gotta be strong and I look back and there were times when I didn't want to be strong because it was a it, it hurt like be it family loss or illness or and it was like it got to a point where becoming a parent myself at age of 40 I know I waited super late but it was looking at my my daughter being born and just bawling just crying the moment that you know cut the cord side note anyone who has to cut the cord it is a scary proposition keep your hands steady but it is (laughs) bruh it is one of those things that when I sat there and I explained to my friend, they're like, we have never seen you cry. You have never cried a day in your life until, I mean, every first day of school, just 
and dealing with that has come along where for years I had anxiety. Like it would surface, but I wouldn't tell anybody. I had to suffer because I had so many people depending on me to be the strong one. Man, listen, therapy is a real good thing. Like sitting there and explaining that you have an anxiety and when it does surface, how to manage it. Whew. I wish that 22-year-old me would have listened to 46-year-old me and sought help for anxiety earlier because it is, it's a good thing. And I think that what happens is there's that bravado, that macho-ness. I spent my time, you know, majority of my life around sports, and, you know, we had to be these automatons, these, these warriors, and they're like, that shit gets tiring. God damn, it gets tiring. Now, when we come back, I want to discuss a few news, few news and notes and kind of get Greg's take on a few things. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FBC radio network. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs, of course you know him as Petty Headlines. I got Greg. Greg, when you look at the political landscape right now and you look at politicians who may be on the forefront of I shouldn't say superstardom but ones that are kind of building kind of momentum for a bigger role down the road who can you highlight as someone that people should watch the the most underrated member of congress right now is Lauren Underwood. Not enough people are watching her and paying attention to what she's doing because, like, she's putting in the work. Her insulin bill got passed, like, every day. I follow her on Twitter. I follow her on Instagram. And every day, like, she's got something going on, multiple something. Like, she's got pans on the fire that nobody knows about. Like, Lauren Underwood mark my word, will be president in the next 20 years. I can't help but to agree. Like, she she doesn't hop headlines. She just kind of does her job where she keeps it where, you know, it's it's about the work. And it is refreshing to see, you know, somebody not all on TV, like AOC, not all like acting a clown like Rashida Tlaib. Lauren, Lauren Underwood shows up, shows out, goes home. R- rinse, repeat every goddamn day. Now, if we just spin, you know, spin towards something lighter, why are people lacking joy when people discuss, you know, what team their vaccination was from, like Team Pfizer or Team Moderna or Team Johnson Johnson. Why do people get so joyless and, like, just get so angry and petty about folks just harmlessly clowning around? Like, why do people suck? (laughs) You know, if I had the answer to that, like, I would have all the answers. Like, I would... But, like, I, I don't under, like, you know, we, we spent so long in this pandemic, you know, being shut in the house and, you know, being terrified of everything. 
running out of toilet paper, running out of hand sanitizer, running out of hand soap. They, you know, I, I feel like it's this, this little bit of joy, you know, it's a further sense of community for a lot of people. Like, you know, I'm, I got the Pfizer vaccine, you know, so, you know, I'm team Pfizer, whatever. It's, it's all in good fun. And it's these people who take everything so seriously. You know, it's the same people who will see like the video of President Biden giving Dr. Biden the dandelion on their way to um, Marine One and be like, oh, well, if he's got time to pick flowers for, you know, the first lady, why do, why hasn't he done X, Y, Z? And it's like, just relax for a minute. My God, unclench and have a good time. Man, listen, when I got my second vaccine on Friday, like I mentioned, there was a lady about, she had to be about 60, and she starts humming Jolene because we, we're, you know, we're getting the Moderna vaccine, and I'm like humming, you know, you know what, I'm humming with her. I have no idea who this woman is. I had no clue, but we're like, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to sit next to her. We hum that whole damn song from first bar to last together and just just had a smile like underneath our mask and I'll be honest, my happy ass walked out of the facility singing vaccine. I didn't give a damn because, honestly, it's been a long-ass year. Shit has gone completely sideways for so many people, and it's joy. And in this life, it is short. Joy is one of those things that we don't get to have too much often. So, God damn it, when joy happens, celebrate it. Now, we got to talk about your fry beliefs. My man Greg here there was a tweet about French fries and there were nine. There was Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Arby's, Wendy's, Burger King, five guys, steak and shake, Whataburger and checkers and rallies. Greg correctly picked McDonald's and checkers and rallies. It, it brings me three questions. First question is Whataburger is it me or is that the most overrated chain in the history of chains? No, just fries and food in general. I, I feel like Whataburger ranks and I'm, there's going to be an angry mob after me after I say this. Whataburger and In-N-Out are right there with like as being the most overrated burger joint. Like, yeah, it's good if it's there. But, like, there are people who travel across the country for In-N-Out, and I'm like, dude, make it at home. It's just some shredded lettuce and Thousand Island dressing on, like, a squished bun. Like, I, why? I mean, I can't knock it. People, and don't get me wrong, I love our, you know, Texas listeners and folks down south. Whataburger is just plain. I'm sorry. That's just average. And the next person says, well, you know, you have to try it with the spicy ketchup. First of all, I'm 46 years old. I have gray hair. Ketchup belongs on nothing I will ever fucking eat on purpose. <laughs> Second, I'm not going to make that long-ass trip from Sheboygan, Wisconsin to Arlington, Texas for spicy ketchup. It's ketchup Especially on a burger. It, it, ketchup with black pepper in it. Like, it's not... 
Like, it's not some ground-breaking. It's not like it's ghost pepper ketchup or something. Like, it's not gourmet. Seriously, like, going to Whataburger, I guess I can equate it like this. Going to Whataburger reminds me of being 16 years old and having a high school girlfriend. You you know, when you see someone who looks different from the outside and when things get kind of interesting, that franchise is the padded bra of hamburgers. Because what you think you're about to receive is not about is not what is about to happen for you. Trust me, as someone who's been in that situation, <laughs> objects objects in that's front of you don't. That's the real uh-huh. analogy I have ever heard for <laughs> <laughs> It is a surprise, like oh, <laughs> but no, like and. We talk about Five Guys. Five Guys is also something else that I just can't understand because I don't really need to take out a bank loan to get food at a fast food place. Why is their shit so expensive? Are we paying for Five Guys? I don't know. And like, like Five Guys mortgage or something. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. And like the fries aren't even that good. They're like they, they always taste old. And they look dirty. Like it looks like you, they threw them in the oil, and tried to pull them out with their bare hands and drop them on the floor and then put them in that bag. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't know. It just Five Guys is the unwashed legs of French fries. Like it's just it's it's dirty, and like I just I don't like it. I'm not I'm not for it. Their fries look like they were boiled in a toilet in Jacksonville, Florida, outside of a gas station. Like they were probably made by that lady who made um, the ice cream punch in her toilet. Oh. Like she's probably the head chef at Five Guys. I mean, it's McDonald's. McDonald's fries are just, I mean, they're perfect, but you got to get them when they're hot because. There's nothing worse than a soggy fry. It is the absolute worst thing. Like they, I mean, it is one of those things that when McDonald's fries get soggy, you might as well just not eat them because you can eat them like in like handfuls because they're just so. Ugh. Now, speaking of food, and so, as we move towards yes, as we move towards summer, what is your hottest and strongest food take? The one thing that you will say that folks may not agree with, but can kind of understand. Um, hmm. You don't have to eat everybody's food. Thank God. Like, I feel like, you know, that's, that's, that's my hot take on, on summer food is, you know, especially with like, we're getting vaccinated, like outside starting to open up again, like. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be in people's backyards this summer, and like you know, because you haven't seen these people in a year, you're gonna feel obligated to you know try the bologna and strawberry jelly roll up that your aunt Edna made, and even though you know that she's got roaches in her kitchen, like you don't have to eat everybody's food. And here's how you get out of that, okay? And this is. This is my life hack for everybody. I do this every Christmas with eggnog because I think eggnog is disgusting. Okay. I hate it. 
I like it's it's not of God. If somebody offers you, be it you know macaroni and cheese with the crushed up saltines on top or potato salad with the raisins in it, all you have to say to them is is this. Oh, I had some earlier. It was so good. I I'm so full right now. I couldn't possibly. And boom, you're done. You're out. You get to eat the good food, and then you can leave. I've always tried to, if I'm somewhere, if at like a cookout and they have those plates that are sectioned, if I see something that people are raving about that I know like probably tastes like mulch, I'll put a little on the plate and like a section I'm not going to eat. I kind of put it over in the corner. Oh, yeah, I got some right here. Oh, it, oh. and then uh, like when I'm done eating, I'll take the spoon and I'll stir it up like, oh, my God, I can't eat more. And just, just to let them know the spoon was there. It is that foolery that it is one of those things. And like you say, eating everybody's food, quick story. I play softball and one of my teammates and I, we have the same birthday, June 7th. Now, here's the thing. When he was born, I was 22, so that should show you. So one one year, his girlfriend, hookup, friend with benefits, whatever, decided to make, like, cupcakes for the whole team. So we're sitting there. I'm like a beer and a half, in, and I'm it's like 8 degrees. I'm tired as hell. So she walks up. Oh, Pitt, this is your birthday, too. Now, I know that I'm not about to eat this cupcake, not because I'm being a jerk about it. I've seen her fingernails, and if her fingernails and toenails and probably her coochie are probably gross, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that cupcake because I know that you probably didn't wash your hands. I probably know that you didn't wash downtown. Probably didn't know that you don't wash your hair. Nah, I'm, I'm, I made up the excuse of, whew, too much beer. I had a beer and a half of Coors Light. Seriously, it's like having too much water. And I got out of it, and I was proud. But chances are the fact that when she listens to this, I will not have gotten out of it. But but they broke up long ago, and she moved away. So I don't give a fuck. So here we are. Now, how can people interact with you on social media, and what have you got going on this week, my man? Um, what's happening this week? Uh, nothing, nothing big, um, is happening this week. Um, I've got, I've got some pans in the fire for the future. Um, but you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at team petty headlines spelled out. And then the link to all my other stuff are in the link tree in all my bios. Um, but yeah, literally, literally like I need to warn people about before you read any of Greg's social media stuff, if you're <laughs> drinking a beverage, be it water, coffee, hell it's nine forty nine AM. You might be having a sangria. I'm not going to judge your life. And in fact, I applaud you for having a sangria at, at 10 minutes to 10 and on a Monday morning in May, but I digress. If you are good, having, I may do that. Shit. You're right. Now, if you are enjoying a beverage, make sure you put it down before you scroll this man's timeline. Because I guarantee you, this is why I, one of the reasons why I don't wear white T-shirts. Because of coffee, <laughs> because of tea, soda, 
apple juice? No, because I have a habit of, and I never scroll when I'm in front of my laptop. It's always my phone because I like this laptop, and I'm not going to sit there and spend my morning without a sangria cleaning off the monitor because of making making me laugh. Greg, my man, as always, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Thank you for having me again. It's, it's a pleasure, as always, sir. The door is always open. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Stay away from Whataburger and anything gross. <laughs>